How do we start this again? Five. <laughs> Four. Three. Two. One. Hi, I'm Isaac. I'm Nadia. And welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a sleep. I really hate our new voices. Um, it was because we didn't count down properly and we didn't Uh-oh. get our voices together. Remember, that is why we count down. <laughs> <laughs> Another lesson. Another lesson that we can take with us on our journey. Exactly. Exactly. So, Nadia, how have you been? Um, it's been another week. Girl, I am out here surviving. Not yet thriving, but will. Will soon, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I've just been, like, starting a new job. So, it's been hella, like, exhausting. It's, like, mentally exhausting. But it's been really fun. But I'm, like, learning new information every day. And it's kind of, like, a new role than any other role I've ever had before because that's what I do. And so, yeah, I feel really out of my comfort zone, but also, like, excited because I like new challenges. Yeah, we definitely love, like, growth through discomfort here at the table. Oh, yes. Growth is just top of mind right now, I feel like, you know? So uh, how's how's things on your end? You know, um same thing, just trying to get to this thriving, but I think that all we can do is survive during this period of time. Uh, I have been working. Um, I'm currently in the process of buying a car. Yes. Tell me about that because I feel like your social media presence has been you at the dealerships exclusively, and I'm actually surprised you're at home right now. Yeah, so I basically live at this dealership because um, if you haven't bought a car before, and I don't know how many of my listeners have, like, bought a car, but, like, it is a whole entire, like, rigmarole process. So it's, like, a bunch of money. Rigmarole. Rigmarole is the only way I can describe it. (laughs) Rigmarole always makes me think pasta. I can't tell you (laughs) why. (laughs) I love that. Rigatoni, like... (laughs) So rigmarole pasta. Rigmarole. It's just the rigmarole. I want, I want that on the menu. Okay, tell me about this rigmarole. <laughs> yes. So the pasta on the menu is that I am, like, talking to these people constantly, and they, like, like I'll tell them, like, oh, this is, like, a little bit out of my price range. She'll be like, okay, hold on. I'm going to go talk to the manager. And they'll walk away and have you sitting in a spot for 15 to 30 minutes. What? Talking to this manager. But you can see them. So, like, this whole entire time I'm watching them talk, but they're not talking. They're like one of them's on their cell phone, the other one's just typing away on a computer. And I'm over here like, are you writing a new contract? Like, what are you doing? So it's like right. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And so like you end up being there for like four hours when like I feel like the amount of talking you do is like 30 minutes. But they're like doing this back and forth, and I think they're trying to like be like like tire you out so you just get to a point where you say yes but like also it's a fucking lot of money can you, okay can you explain to me because this is something i'm about to buy a new car mm-hmm. i'm about to buy a car i should say i don't have one not one here anyway and yeah. everyone keeps telling me about this experience but like do you not know how much the car costs before you get there like explain this to me how do you not just say hey i want that one for that price and then so, right. 
so there's so much there's so many pieces so right so they give you the price like the initial price of just buying the car but then you have to think about warranty you have to think about licensing you have to think about like um services so like making sure that your car is like insured properly or like it has full coverage so like if you get into a car accident you only have to pay a deductible and you don't have to like go out and like buy the parts yourself to like fix the car or get somebody else to fix the car right Mm -hmm. so there's all of these add-ons that like you like go in and you think you're gonna buy a car for like let's say five thousand dollars like that is not what you're buying it for but like we're gonna just like start low and then the next thing you know you end up walking out having to pay like buy a car for seventeen thousand dollars because all of these (laughs) add-ons literally just like make it more and more and more and if you want more coverage or you want like gap payments or like different things that like protect you um you end up having to pay like an arm and a leg more and so um that's why you have to haggle it's like all about like trying to get it enough down with all of the perks but like you're good you're not ever paying for like what it says on the website that's not what you're paying that's just not what it's going to get you So I'm a great haggler, but I've only done it in West Africa. Ah, East (laughs) Africa too. (laughs) I don't want to sell myself short. (laughs) But like, what is the haggling process like besides the fact that they spend 15 to 30 minutes in a room by themselves, not talking to each other? Like the in-person experience is like, Mm -hmm. okay, what are you thinking? Like, tell me about that back and forth. This is very fascinating to me. And I feel like if you haven't bought a car, this is fascinating. (laughs) So like, for example, you'll come in and you'll be like, okay, cool. And they'll be like, okay, we're going to run the numbers. So they'll tell you like how much you're going to pay. So they'll first, they'll ask you, are you paying in cash? Because if you're paying in cash, like everything changes. But like nobody's just carrying $20,000 in their back pocket. Like nobody does that shit. So most of the time you're not paying in cash. Like the credit comes with interest rates, right? So they'll be like, you can pay it for 60 months, which is five years with this interest rate. And so based on your credit, your interest rate fluctuates. But pro tip, you can always get a lower interest rate with a credit union. So if you already have a credit union, they have like all of these things for cars and houses. So like, if you can like finance it through your own credit union for a lower um, interest rate, that's smarter for you in the long run. So that's also a flex too. So if you really want something underneath the interest rate you can get from your credit union, you can be like, oh, well, I can get it from my credit union for like this interest rate. And then the dealership, because they want to keep the money close, mm-hmm. will definitely combat that and try and beat that interest rate because they'll get more money on the back end for themselves through that okay. process. So they're trying to figure out how they can get the most money Mm-hmm. for themselves and so they'll like go back and forth and so like eventually um like you'll like they'll tell you it's eighteen thousand, but like if you keep talking to them and like figure out interest rates and all this other stuff because that also like tax on more money right, right. in the long run so um you end up just like pushing it down further and further to when you get to a point where you're comfortable with it because i think that's like the biggest piece is like you get to a point where you're comfortable paying these monthly payments or like buying this car straight out and it's wild but it's also like there's so many other politics around like how many mileage like how much mileage is on the car or like how many owners it had before is it new versus used and like all this other shit it's so much i literally have been doing it for four straight days and i'm still not done so I was going to ask you, we got to tell the people, do you have a new car yet? 
I do not have a new car yet. It is on its way. Hopefully I get it by this weekend so I can enjoy it Memorial Day in my new vehicle. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Um, that sounds like an awful version of capitalism. Not it is lie. the worst. I, <laughs> the only thing that's worse than this is probably buying a house. Like I can, I can see the house being just significantly worse. I don't want to think about buying homes. Like, not at all. Um, but Isaac, you know, some people might be new to the pod. Yes. And we should probably share with them our segments. Yeah, so we have two segments during this time of quarantine. Um, and the first segment is our OG best bitch dig in, where we talk about the topic of the day, which is we're talking about friendships, but really from the lens of insecure, because this show has been like, I think I can speak for myself and say that it's been shaking me, but I know it's also been shaking you. And so it's been shaking both of us. So the table's on the ground. It's kind of like an earthquake, right? So we're going to talk about that. And then, like speaking earlier of growth, I was thinking about this during um, the whole conversation about cars. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to borrow a note from one of the best TV shows to ever come across um, Netflix recently, which mm-hmm. is, <laughs> I was like, was it Hulu? I don't know. <laughs> which is called Married at First Sight. And oh, God. Oh, God. When they, talk, when they talk about, like, falling in love in these relationships, it's not falling in love. It's growing in love. Mm. And I feel like this is a good way to pivot this conversation to growing in friendship and what that does to the d- dynamic of the friendship, which is perfectly suited for a conversation about insecure, which is what we were going to do no matter what. Yeah, like we, like I tweeted it. I was like, yeah, we're just going to talk about insecure because like, yes, there's all these other podcasts that are talking about it, but I feel like, I feel like we need to talk about it too because like we're black, we're doing the thing and like insecure is for us, by us. And like, we need to like, let Issa Rae know that we have feelings too. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we're going to wrap things up with quarantine cards because we have to like thank the things that we miss the dear, like the most and the dearest things oh, and, and words. And pray that they come back to us very soon. <sighs> very, very soon. God, I'm over this. Leave this couch <laughs> any day now. Would love to. Yes, I feel that on a spiritual level. Nadia. Isaac. So when Molly approached Issa at that block party, what was going through your mind? You know, the first thing I thought was, uh, girl, (laughs) I'm going to need you to sit down. I'm going to need you to sit down. I'm going to need you to take a few breaths and I'm going to need you to like, let Issa have her sunshine right now. Jeez. Like it really, I don't know. I feel like for those of you who don't know what I'm currently talking about, you're clearly not watching Insecure because this is one of the hottest debates on the internet at this time. It's one of the hottest debates in my home. Um, (laughs) So I've made new friends at Facebook through my job by talking about Insecure and having this conversation with lots of people who I don't know. I love that. That's how I'm making friends. That's how I introduced myself to the black employee like group. I was like, let's talk about insecure. I need people to talk to about this. 
which is like the only thing that you should be talking about right now. Cause like, if you're not following insecure, like this like moment in time was like prefaced with like all of these other things going on where like Molly and Issa's relationship were like falling apart at the seams over like really small, like increments of time. Right. Like it was like, when we started the season, they were doing so good. They were like doing self-care Sundays together, like spending time together, just being best friends. But like, also we have to think about how much shit Molly and Issa have gotten through and overcome in like the past three seasons. And then it just all falls apart over some man in a fucking black party and Vince Staples. And I just. All right. (laughs) You're getting You're getting ahead of yourself and I'm going to need you to calm down. I think one thing that we first need to clarify is that this is not going to be a recap on (laughs) Insecure's episodes whatsoever. Instead, we are going to talk about the many themes that have come up um, in this season, which is like the dynamic of friendships that grow apart. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like is such a relatable, in fact, so relatable topic to so many people that it's almost like impossible to watch without feeling some kind of nausea. Like, oh, I, feel God. like yeah. I feel like it's so interesting, like how popular it is to grow apart from someone that you used to be like besties with and then like feel kind of guilty and ashamed about it, but then never really talk about that with anybody else. And so when you watch it on TV, you're like, oh shit, we really have to talk about this? Like, I really don't want to relive that at all. No, and it's like really interesting because I think um, to Kelly's point in this last episode, how she was like, oh girl, like if me and like Amanda Seals character, if we don't like hash out our shit quickly, like we let it fester and then it just like, we don't know if we're ever going to come back from it. Like, like watching like them kind of fall apart and then watching just like Issa just kind of like try and process through those things. I see myself like doing that multiple times, like at different points in my life where I was like, I'm just processing like this friendship breakup, but I'm not going to reach out to this person. I'm not going to have this conversation with them. Like this is like a thing that I have to get right with myself. And then eventually fingers crossed, it comes back together. But even now, like, thinking about like friendship breakups and what that like does to a person it's so much worse than ending a relationship with like somebody you were like romantic with or sexual sexual with like that bond of like a human being that you are so platonically in love with that's severed over like a fight or some like miscommunication is so like soul shaking like that's going that would put me in therapy for at least 17 more years i couldn't get through that bitch i couldn't <laughs> like It's, yeah, it's interesting, like, the, I don't know, you just feel, I think throughout this, yeah, throughout this season, you just feel little moments of miscommunications that keep happening, and you, like, it's so relatable. I feel like I went through a friendship breakup pretty recently, and that experience, like, it's, like, all of these little things, and you're, like, whatever, God, it's so irritating, whatever, and you just, like, push it away, and you kind of push them away, and you see them less, and you even find ways like post, like maybe there's a big blow up, like at the block party <laughs> where, mm, where, yeah, they were definitely over and following that, like, it's interesting this last episode being post the block party, which was like post Issa's great success doing something that she's always wanted to do. And also like the lowest part in her friendship with uh, Molly and like being like being so kind of like burnout from it that you just avoid 
it and all of the people associated with it for a period of time. Like that is so relatable. Just being like, I'm not even going to engage in the people who were on the periphery of that scene. Like I'm just going to have this whole moment, all these moments to myself because I just can't engage in it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was just, it's like heartbreaking, but because like you just see, you just see them like not making up and that just breaks your heart. I don't know. I just want to see friends come back together. Oh my gosh, that's like the only thing that I want. And I also just love that, like, insecure, what Insecure is doing right now. Like, right, so, like, we got to see this um, last episode where Issa is, like, trying to process through things. And, like, it was really fascinating because I was listening to Insecurity, which is, like, where you get your recap of Insecure. Like, if that's what you want, go there. But, like, like, you should get that and, like, really get it right now. Because they were talking about how, like, this is the first time that we've ever seen Issa interact with her mother. Mm-hmm. like this is the first time like whenever she got that phone call and she was like oh can i come over right now i literally thought she was going over to nathan's like i, I was so was convinced to too i was so Whoa. convinced that she was about to like like you know sometimes you gotta like heal with some dick and like i feel that like on a spiritual level I and you like it's just like i feel like I don't know. I'm a little bit ashamed of myself for thinking it was Nathan. Cause it's like such an obvious, like girl running to guy situation. But like, sometimes you just like the affirmation that you're doing well to come from like a person that you've been intimate with. Like it just, right. it feels extra special in those moments. So I was like, Oh, she's going to Nathan's. And then it was her mom and it was just lovely. I know. And it was so good because I think that that was also like, we were talking about growth earlier showing where Issa is out at. Like she was just like, I, have this earth shattering thing happen to me and like me and molly who have been friends for like what like umpteen million years like we had this like breakdown and like of course like she wasn't talking to kelly she wasn't talking to any of the friend groups like the only person in line at least in my like life would have been my mother like i would have been like hey mom mm-hmm. shit's hit the fan i don't know what to do i've lost one of my friends and my mom like is not Issa ray's mother or Issa <laughs> d's mother my mother would have best been like okay so, like, are you still going to go to work because you got to get, like, pay your bills? Which is, like, real. But it was so touching to see, like, her mother just know that she was going through it and, like, hold her and then be like, girl, you're going to get through it. You're going to be fine. But then also have that very intimate conversation of, because what Isa was really looking for was clarity around what Molly had said. Because those friend breakups, I have two points. But I'm going to go, like, circle back to this other one and we can go back to motherly love and shit like that. That's for later. But... In friend breakups, when you get to that point where you escalate and you start going after somebody, it's like no blows are held back. Like you are swinging with full force. And Molly and Issa both said shit about each other that was so fucking disgusting and so raw and so bad. And if they, like, I was surprised one of them didn't hit each other. Like when she got in her face with that finger and she said, oh, don't put your um, finger in my face. When Issa said that, I was like, oh, somebody's going to swing. I'm so excited to watch this fight. I was super excited. I love fighting. That's like very, it's a very cutthroat way of fighting that I appreciate. I'm not going to lie. Like you pushed me to a certain point and I do not see the limitations. Exactly. (laughs) I try, I try my best, but if you're going to push me to that point, then like, it's just, it's just going to happen. That was one of the, that was a very relatable scene. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, it was very relatable. That is not. But back to like circling back to like her mom. I what I really liked about her going to her mom in that moment was kind of like it's interesting in other episodes this season 
she's kind of talked about, they've talked about her mom a couple of times mm-hmm. and, um, and her kind of skipping out on family things, not her mom, but Issa skipping out on family things and her brother too. And so not as close with her mom, but then to be in this state where you're so distressed about like everything that's happened in your life, one of which is your friendship. Um, that felt like very relatable to me because I don't necessarily call my mom about everything. And I don't think she's very, she knows a lot of things about me, but like, I remember the one friendship breakup back in when I was in Lawrence, like that almost destroyed me. The first person I called was my mom. And that was like the first time I actually told her about like my mental illnesses and how Mm. much I needed help. And that was like a moment for us to actually get clarity on like my path to growth and mental health, as opposed to fixing that friendship. It wasn't even about that, but that was the thing that kind of like set me off and I just needed help. Um, So that was very, that was very touching to see someone else going to reach out to their mom. Um, yeah. that's kind of the person my, I like always know, like no matter what the situation is, even if my mom has no context, like she's going to show up, like she's going to show up and she's going to get, take care of anything that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. That's like real, real. Um, so I have a question, Nadia. You said that you had recently gone through a friendship breakup. Yes. Um, I have also experienced some friendship breakups that like came back together or some of them did not. Like mm-hmm. some of them just didn't come back together. And um, because we're talking about it, what is something that you've learned from friendship breakups? Because I think that like, for me at least, I like a person who has been on this podcast and like one of my closest friends, um, me and him had a friendship breakup because I just like was going through it and there was like all these other things going on, but like, I was not respecting his boundaries. Like he set up some boundaries and you know, I'm hashtag friendships without borders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm like very much like, like we need, like I needed him to do all these things for me because I think I was like very codependent on the, in the relationship. And then, I said some things and then he was just like, no, done. And it was a moment in time. I was like so broken, but like after I kind of came off on the other side, I was like, oh, like, yes, boundaries are things that need to be respected. I need to also set my own boundaries and recognize that there's like healing that I can only do for myself and all these other things. And then we were able to rekindle our friendship and like, we're stronger than ever before, but like, we also have like very clear boundaries and like our friendship is solid and based in those things. But like, I was wondering if you had that experience before. (laughs) Look, (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a very long question. (laughs) What kind of experience exactly? Like similar to yours, like a breakup and then come back together or like, like what kind of experience? Like have? an experience where you grew from your friendship breakup. Oh yeah, I feel like um, two two scenarios that really <laughs> I can think of three. I can think of very three very different scenarios of really really close people that I broke up with and very different outcomes. So mm. um, <laughs> the first the first friendship breakup that I really went through that was painful was in college. And that was when I was reading a lot more and understanding a lot more about blackness and my blackness Mm. and the influence on the different uh, actions or behaviors that were exhibited around me because of it. Um, And I started talking about it a lot more, especially on social media. And I had a friend who just, a white friend who just was not, not about it, not about it, didn't like it. And was just like, you know what? I just feel like you just don't let me disagree with you. And I'm like, well, I mean, like on topics of like my identity, like nah. Um, so it was like this really awful 
situation and I was like devastated, but also that was the first friendship breakup where I was like, but there's no doubt in my mind that I should be friends with this person. Like it was, it was like clear. And I was like, Oh shit. Like this is painful, but also I just got rid of something that was really doing me no service was adding no value to my life and was actually dragging me down. So that like, that was a really good moment for me to understand. Like it is, it is important for you to weed out the people who are dragging you down. Um, And so that was a good experience in some ways, but it was still awful. And it was, it was painful for years. I mean, I'm just recently now I'm like, Oh, I'm very chill with it. Like I know who she is, but I was, it was for years. I was like very, when I would get very depressed, I would like ruminate on that friendship. Mm. Um, And then the one that happened where I called my mom afterward was my best friend. Similar thing. We broke up, but then we're friends. We're great friends now. Um, (laughs) But it was like a, it was very much a time in my life where I was, Ooh, I was a sinking ship. <laughs> and like, I was also, I was very emotionally abusive. Like I was very emotionally abusive and I knew that. Um, and I, and when I was called on it, I was like in shock, but no, I knew I was very, very toxic. I was the yeah. toxic friend. And, um, and it took me a long time to figure that out. But the way I got through that was like actually just recognizing that I had such negative traits um, that had become a part of like my everyday life because of my state of mental health that I like realized I just needed to take care of myself before I could be friends with anybody. Um, and if I t- could take care of myself, then maybe I could be friends with that person again. Um, and that's really what happened. Like it took months for me to just kind of get out of that state, but then we just organically came back to each other and understood like, he was like, I didn't handle it well. And I was like, but you had every right to handle it that way. And we just kind of, right. you know, it just kind of came back like, and we've never regretted coming back together again. So we're just good friends again. It's awesome. Um, and I feel like that was really important for me to actually work on my mental health. I wouldn't have reco- recovered um, if he didn't do that. So that was good. Um, and then this recent one, um, that was a good learning in like, understanding when it's over. Like I was the one to break it off and I understood that it was over. I understood that after several, a couple years, I would say of like moments like Issa and Molly's, mm-hmm. um, like just a long time. And even talking about it with you and talking about it with some other people every now and then, it wasn't a thing I really wanted to talk about. Cause I was kind of in denial. I was like, this is my best friend. This is my best friend. You're never going to not be my best friend. Like that was just something I couldn't fathom. And we had a blow up and it was just like, in that moment, I was like, I'm just so sick of this. Like, this is not going to change if I don't say something. And when I buy change, I mean like me being a part of it. So I don't think I could change that person. I think that person has to be able to change themselves if they want to. And so I was just like, you know, I really can't engage in this anymore. And it was the first friendship breakup that wasn't super devastating. Like I've had moments since then that have been painful, but the actual like course of like three days where I was like, yeah, no, I'm out. I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel bad. I felt very result. Like it felt resolved to me in Mm -hmm. not being friends with them. And that was really shocking. And like a little bit, it was like horrifying at first (laughs) with (laughs) conversation. Cause I was like, am I like a sociopath? I remember when you asked me that question and I was just like, no question mark. Like, like why? What? I was like, I must be a horrible person. I really, honestly, for a while I thought about that. I, and I, and I do come back to that because 
my therapist says I have natural tendencies to be self-deprecating, but also because, <laughs> because like, it, you know, it was, it's just so unfamiliar and people don't ever teach you about like the natural progression of friendships ending. Sometimes people don't teach you that you grow out of friendships and you only see breakups in relationships. So it seems taboo to like break up with friends. And I, yeah, I just kept being like, wow, I really want this for myself. I really don't want to be in this friendship anymore. But other people kind of had hinted at me maybe trying to reconcile. And I kept thinking like, but why? I don't really want to. And Mm -hmm. that's what made me feel like a sociopath. Like I was like, maybe something's wrong because I just don't want to be friends with that person at this time. Right. Um, so yeah, so that so some real like I think every one of them has had great learnings for me, as painful mm. as most of them are. Yeah. It's just like really interesting because like that point of um that you were saying, like people were saying, like, oh, like you need to like rekindle this. You need to like put this back together. Like I think that that's like so apparent in like what Insecure was trying to push with like Kelly constantly calling Issa and be like, girl, you need to reach out. Because the thing is, like, and I think my therapist told me the same thing. It's like sometimes you just need to let things say and let things be what they are. And like if you do not feel comfortable or you feel there's so much pressure for you to be the bigger person, mm-hmm. then like maybe that thing is not for you. Like being the bigger person is not always the answer. And even if you're the bigger person, like recognizing that like that reconciliation might also just be the same shit that you like had before. Cause mm-hmm. I like I remember um, when I was in undergrad, I had like a group of friends. I had a friend breakup where the group of fit friends banished me from the group. Um, and it was also like in the same realm of like being toxic. Yeah, it was a, it was a moment in time. Like, it's a moment in time. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, so it was like, you know, you kind of like roll into your freshman year of school and then um, you meet all these people and you make like a clique of friends because you like, are like new, you're a freshman, you don't know what's going on. I had that group of friends and it was sophomore year and I had like changed a little bit and I was like also like going through a lot of mental health stuff and like like kind of like being very manipulative and emotionally um, abusive. And I recognize that now at the time, not so much. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like as time went on, it was like they, like what I see now is like they were protecting themselves, but like also at the same time was like, very very like toxic and violent in their own ways right Mm -hmm. and it ended with me like at my lowest point like it was a really bad ending but like bounced back from and everything was fine and like I don't think I ever came to terms with the fact that like I was in the right to continue just kind of be like really distant with them and not be like oh I need to prove to them that I'm better now or mm-hmm. prove to them that I am like can still be their friend because that makes me a bigger person. And it wasn't until I was like in grad school and like literally could not engage with them any longer when I was just like, oh, I'm good now. Like that was fine. Like whatever. Cause it's like, like you said, like nobody teaches you t- how to like end things with like friendships because like you said, it's taboo, but also like friendships are supposed to last forever. You're supposed to have your ride or dies until the end of the like days like you're supposed to have the sisterhood of traveling pants experience with all your besties from like kindergarten bracelets like that's literally all they give you they shove it down your throat you get you get a little necklace with half a heart (laughs) of a friend with the other half that's messed up (laughs) like like you're gonna be half of a person without your person because it feels like that sometimes you're like well then what kind of person could i be if my person isn't with me like it's a very weird uh 
mental game. <laughs> right. And it's like also that like weird thing because I like always felt like I was missing out on that experience because I moved around so much being a military brat. And so it's like all my best friends would shift every single time I moved and like, like fingers crossed, I was able to keep up with the people from like before because social media wasn't a thing until I was like, in middle school high school and by that point like i moved but like everybody else was moving on with their lives and changing and adapting and i was changing and adapting to like wherever i was at the time and so it was so weird because like my experience of friendship like breakups were like you just like grew out of it right like you were just like all of a sudden y'all didn't talk any longer or all of a sudden you were like doing different things and you like didn't talk about it but nobody ever like taught you hey we're not friends any longer or like organically like being right. okay with having the conversation of like, Hey, this isn't working for me. And like, maybe we need to reset some boundaries, but if those things are not working, like, are you don't respect those things, then like we can't be friends anymore because honestly, I wish I could do that now. Like I don't need yeah. to do it, but like if I was in a friendship with somebody and was like, yo, can't do this shit no more because like you've crossed my boundaries too many times. And like, we need to reassess. Because I think that's way more healthy than like me just being like like screaming or getting to a point where I resent you and then it's like messy. Right. Like I think the timing, the timing is is difficult. I think like that's one thing I would like to learn is to yeah, to walk away before it becomes the screaming thing. I think I will always be a scream first. <laughs> breakup later kind of gal like I enjoy a good scream inspiration I like taking it to the next level I like showing you sides of me you've never seen um to get my point across and then I like to peace out and take a nap so I feel like (laughs) I would like to get to a healthy place where it's just like you know what we have grown apart and you've crossed my boundaries too many times like this isn't worth it for me um, cause boundaries are so important. And I feel like right now, like I'm in an optimal place in my life where I feel like all of my really close friends respect all my boundaries. Like they actually push the boundaries like on me to be like, Hey, you want to put these boundaries up for yourself? And I'm like, you're right. I am exhausted. Why am I trying to socialize today? Just because I don't want to disappoint you and cancel when you know, like I have nothing left in me. <laughs> okay <laughs> like, like the good friends the great friends are the ones who are like nope you need to rest and i will reschedule on you because you need to rest i love those people oh yeah oh that's real because i think we we do this all the time <laughs> we'll be like oh we're supposed to do that today i just don't i just don't think like that's gonna work for me i don't think it's gonna work for you either i think we're just gonna make this call and most of the time like I think we are two of the bitches in this world who love to get time back. Love it. <laughs> love to get time back. Because I have other things the, I could do. If you're the only thing I have on my schedule for the day and you cancel, that's a free day. <laughs> that is not a disappointment. It's not that I'm missing out. It's that I'm getting a whole day to myself. Like other people will be like, oh, wow. I, I you know, scheduled my whole day around this. And I'm like, you can't make other plans. Like you got a whole day to yourself again. Do something cool. Do something cool. Like take a nap. Oh my God. Like, clean your house. Out. Like create like a space that is like good for you. The neighborhood flowers. I've been doing that. It's great. Yes. Like start a hobby. <laughs> Drink a lot of water. Like oh. so many things. So many things. Yeah. Stretch. Oh my gosh. Do some yoga. Like, cause that is important. Yeah. I've been doing like little 10 minute sessions during the day while I work 
so I can just get a good stretch in between. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Cause I think that's like the biggest thing about like friendships that, um, I think like being a friend to yourself before a friend for other people is 10 times more important. And once you get to a point where you like respect yourself or get into a space where like your friends respect you at the same level that you should respect yourself, like you have like hit the sweet spot, like chef's kiss, everything is great. <laughs> Chef's kiss. I've been hearing that a lot lately. It's loud to me. <laughs> I, I, I cook a lot of things, but I never do that chef's kiss. I, I just don't. I actively don't know how to do it, so I just say it because I don't know how to do Mwah. it. <laughs> that, I'm not doing bon that. Appetit. <laughs> I'm not doing that. No. I don't, it felt really weird because I've never done it. That was my first attempt, and I did it live. <laughs> yes, I just I don't think I'm going to do that. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts on growing in friendships, growing out of friendships and, you know, its relevance to these COVID times? Yeah, I think that this is a really interesting time because I think I've rekindled with like a lot of folks um, who I haven't talked to or had the time to talk to. And I think I told you this, Nadia, like whenever this all first started, I was like, this is a time to like, like cultivate those relationships with people you don't really get to do it with. And like, I like now I'm comfortable with Zoom calls and like virtual shit and like doing Instagram lives and things like that. But at the same time, I think that like just because you don't have anything going on doesn't mean that you should like fill your day with like friendship or like fun. Because like once again, like you don't want to get to that point where you're resenting people or like you let people down because you're not going to like make the call or like your depression flares up and you like just don't want to talk to anybody and like things like that. Like I think that like boundaries and friendships and like growing out of them or growing into them again are happening so often right now that like it almost becomes super overloading and like the anxiety of COVID just on top of all of that, you just got to be like really respectful to yourself and like to your friends by also setting those boundaries. And I think that like, I shared something on Facebook today, which was saying like setting boundaries is a gift. It's like, it's being generous to your friends because you're making sure that they know that they can only extend you to this point And then they like have overstepped a boundary. And that means that you can be in a long, long, a long ass friendship for a long ass time. That was what I was trying to say. Look, I was like trying to be educated. I should just say what I wanted to say. Longevity is not a word anymore. We're going to go for long ass. Long ass. That's key. I feel like, I, like right out the gate, I feel like virtual living. I was like, let me do this call. Let me be on this call. Let me do this FaceTime every day on the hour. I am there. And like a whole week passed and I honestly could not talk to a single person. Exactly. I didn't pick up a single phone call. I ignored texts. And fortunately, like friendships are friendships, even when you're not on video calls. So like all these people knew that I needed the time back and when I came back to them, they were there. So I just feel like that's a great, that's a great way to end this. Like, don't feel like you have to be available for everything right now, just so that you can keep your friendship strong, especially like if you're feeling that anxiety or insecurity of being physically distant and not being able to do the things you were normally used to doing, like seeing each other on a Friday night for like dinner or like you go out on Friday or happy hours during the week, which I feel like is how I've gotten used to like it's exclusively how I've gotten used to seeing my friends. And now that I don't do that and I'm still experiencing a lot of intimacy with my friends 
like in other ways, virtually or just like being outside sometimes and like going on responsible, socially distant walks or picnics. Right. Um, like it's just like, you know, mask required. It's just like one of those things. Like it feels, it feels like I'm learning a new way to be a friend, um, which does not overextend myself. And I think that's important. Yeah, right. that's real. Wow. Well, Seamless. Wow, we're so good at this. <laughs> Hey, Nadia. Hey, Isaac. So it's time for us to write some letters, some cards to the quarantine. Okay. All the things that we miss and love because we are stuck inside, being responsible. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlike folks in New York, I read this article. (laughs) We're supposed to be writing letters. (laughs) I read this article in the New York Times that said that most of the COVID cases that have spread throughout the United States are based out of people in New York, even though Washington State was where the first cases regulated. And so they have this chart that essentially shows like how many cases came from like different locations, um, but specifically Washington State and um, uh, New York. And then like it has a chart and it says like, um, this ha- this is the percentage of how many cases came from New York, and this is the percent that came from, like, Washington. And in Washington State, 52% of the cases are from Washington State itself. 48% of them are from New York. Stop it. That's just dislike New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just felt like I should share. Irresponsible, <laughs> irresponsible. I do not like getting emails right now. I have a lot of – I've subscribed to a lot of things in my day. Uh, <laughs> And I travel a lot. So I'm getting emails from all these different businesses all around the U.S. that are like, we're now opening. And none of them are in Seattle. And I'm just like, ooh, irresponsible ass, irresponsible ass. Like every time I see one come through, I said, wow, people are in danger. Yeah, it's wild. Um, But that's not the point. The point is a letter. (laughs) Yes, the point is the letter that we're writing because we cannot go outside. Although some people will be listening to this podcast outside, potentially. Maybe getting their nails done. Which just could you like? I wish I could show y'all pictures of my toes, but I can't because oh, they're so know. disgusting. Mine are so, so disgusting. Bad. I've taken to wearing tennis shoes with my dresses lately because I can't bear to to bring these babies out. Mm-mm. My chacos are retired for the foreseeable future. <laughs> like I, y'all can't see my toes. Early retirement. Are they gonna come back like Jay Z, or is this gonna be like for good? I, I think they might come back like Nikki. You know, Nikki said that she was retired. <laughs> And then yikes came out. I was like, yikes, you're back. Oh, God. Anyway, um, yes. So speaking of salons and places where you can get your nails done, um, my card is to barbershops. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Take your cap off. I really really just can't because I dyed my hair purple, which meant that I dyed my hair super, super blonde. And... Through this process, my hair has started breaking off. Something I could have told you would happen. I think everybody tried to warn me, but I wanted the aesthetic of purple hair. And now I am forced to wear caps at all points in time. (laughs) Um, There are patches of hair just gone. Just gone. 
And I just can't wait to go to a barbershop because I could let my housemates cut my hair, but I don't, I don't even want that. I just like have to ride it out and wait until the barbershop's open so I can have somebody like line me up. I'll be ready to go. I'll be looking fresh and so clean, clean, um, you know? Yeah. You know, absolutely. and that's, that's what I'm missing right now, especially um, as these patches um, continue to spread as more hair falls out every time I comb it. That's uh, that's really kind of sad. <laughs> it's but, um, hey, yeah, the new normal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, you look good. You look good from here. Um, Zoom has really touched up your face. Um, actually, mine's not turned on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, I just thought okay. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I wasn't saying nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like, okay, what do I miss? I would say my letter goes out to autonomy <laughs> because I feel like <laughs> it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, like, it's so interesting since all of this, like shelter in place, like, yes, buses are running, but you should only take them if, you like need to and have no other way. And also, wow, good way to get germs. So like not going to get on the bus right now. Um, I don't have a car and I don't really have anywhere to go. And so I spend most of my time like in the neighborhood, either just walking in the neighborhood or just at the house or like running errands in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. because I can't really get anywhere else. And it's not that I can't really get anywhere else. It's also that I've just been in this mentality that I can't go anywhere for so long that I literally feel like I can't escape here unless like somebody comes to physically pick me up and like take, like when we, when we got together last weekend, I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. this is literally the farthest I've gone (laughs) in over a month. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And, And it like, and I feel like every day I feel like I can't get anywhere. And that is like, such a stifling feeling like it's such a stifling feeling and i just am really excited to like be able to get on the bus again and just like be able to make my way around seattle with the help of a bus because it's really honestly super easy and great and i could go anywhere i want to and have anything that i want and i just really don't i started hating things like delivery (laughs) yo I like was reading somewhere about like like how they um like actually deliver food and like what food should you like order from delivery and they said things like you should only order things you can microwave so you can microwave off the germs before you eat them and like things like that and I'm just like at this point where I am so panicked <laughs> by everything but also like I feel healthy. I just feel like, what else is left? What else is left? Like, everything everything has germs at this point. Everything's unhealthy. Like, I just can't. I can't. There's nothing I can do. I already wiped down all my groceries. Exactly. I literally, or I, yes. I I always take my delivery out of the container and put it on an actual plate. Like, there are so many things that I do. And I'm like, I can't take any more. I'm sorry. There is nothing else for me to do. And so if it's going to get me, it's going to get me. I don't think it will. And I'm pretty young. So I'm just going to keep trucking and staying away from people. (laughs) Cause that's all you can do. But anyway, it's always good to see you through this screen. 
It's good to see you through the screen too. Yeah. Um, I mean, same time, same place next week. Yeah, and if y'all want to tune in and chat with us, you know, we got hashtags and things that are in the comment section below. Um, DM us if you want us to answer some questions. We could have a mailbag episode. We just at answering people's questions and shit because, you know, what else do we have to do as we're still stuck inside while everybody else gets to go outside? And put each other in danger. <laughs> yep, because y'all don't care about yourselves or others. No, y'all do, actually. It's more of like your government does not care about yourself or others, but they care more about the economy than people's health, so. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's where we're at. But anyway, bye. <laughs> Love it. Oh, Turning it off. Cool. So good.